When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, I'm John Ryan, and this is part two of the Pod Roast Review of 2021. Starting in July, as Pride Month, whatever that is, was drawing to a close, how did this nasty Americanism cross the Atlantic? Pride in the UK is locally celebrated from May to September, not shoehorned into June just because Marks and Spencers make a bloody sandwich about it. BBC Sounds asked us to contemplate what a perfect gay world would feel like in building Queertopia. The podcast started with Chelsea Grimes, the Scouse by footballer, singer-songwriter and presenter, and Shane Jenek, the pansexual, gender-fluid, polyamorous vegan, better known as Courtney Act. They mugged their way through an obvious script into a camp high-energy theme with some annoyingly treated sound clips. Shane's a bit shouty in the intro. You're not on stage at the Royal Vauxhall Tavern now, love. More script. Every week we're going to ask a different guest for one big and bold idea. They could be about the laws that govern us. Science, music, fashion, social etiquette, you name it. Now here's the problem with this kind of open. This is a simple idea. We're making the perfect queer world and we want your help. There's script into the theme and script out of the theme, but there's also ad-libbing. And as usual, the presenters brought to this are better known for live or tele-performance, which is very different to the intimacy of audio, especially audio usually listened to on headphones. They simply don't have the skills to make the transition from scripted to vamping sound natural. Also, the clips in the intro are all Shane and Chelsea. They're also a bit shrug-shouldery. I've not established a connection with these people yet, or even heard any of the material they want to tell me. So if you're going to clip them, find the stuff that teases and compels me to stick with it. Not for the first time I was thinking of the adage, put your best stuff at the top. If you build up to it, chances are people will have given up by the time you get to it. To August now, and to a pod toast rather than a pod roast, and possibly my favourite podcast experience of the year. The spiel for my next subject says, in this intensely divided moment, one of the few things that everyone still seems to agree on is Dolly Parton. But why? Now, on the one hand, this is a simple podcast. A long celebrity interview clearly by a massive fan, Jad Abumrad. The same spiel calls it a deeply personal, historical and musical rethinking of one of America's great icons. But over nine episodes into what they call the Dollyverse, that's exactly what this does, using those core interviews and lots of archive to tell not just the story of Dolly Parton, but of America in the second half of the 20th century and beyond. The sound design is eccentric, but brilliant. There's a bit where in the 60s, this was a woman who grabbed scraps of food from deserted room service trays in hotels to eat with mustard and ketchup. As an historian tells us this tiny detail, a discordant electric piano bubbles up. A clip of Dolly confirms the story. A second clip from a contemporaneous archive interview talks about her not getting on back then, as the record companies thought her voice was too high, into a clip of her singing back then. It's this contextualising of tiny little details, the richness of the storytelling, that lifts this. There's a bit I won't spoil about how... 
I Will Always Love You, was chosen for use in the 1992 movie The Bodyguard. It's just two people discussing the movie and how, thanks to a mix-up involving a Linda Ronstadt recording of the song, Whitney originally sang a version without the standout third verse, a mix-up solved only by Dolly herself. Another episode, Sadass Songs, is about exactly that. There's a moment where they deconstruct a song from 1967 called The Bridge. It's amazing. First time I've ever heard it. A straight couple meet on a bridge and kiss. One thing leads to another. She gets pregnant. Guy bolts. She returns to the bridge to kill herself. So far, so country. But Jadge uses that story to lead into an amazing discussion with Dolly about her mental health. She says there are two kinds of women in the mountains. The kind that get married and have a lot of kids. And the kind that stay single and have a lot of kids. It's a thing of joy. It's Dolly, after all. And it's a thing of effortless-sounding production and incisive interviewing and joyous to hear. In August, Radio 1's Newsbeat was literally beating up Radio 2 for its new podcast featuring R&B-loving Caucasian Cheryl Tweedy. And yes, I did have to Google to check her current approved surname. Apologies for its change between recording and publication. The omission of possibly a zillion more credible hosts has been all over social media. Sade, Beverly Knight, Lamar, Craig David, Leona Lewis, Shola Amma, Gabrielle. I love the tweeter who said, this is great, but when is Skepta on indie rock coming out? We feature a wide range of voices spanning different genres across our extensive musical output. Many of our shows are fronted by DJs who are experts in their fields. Others are hosted by people with a passion for their topic, said a BBC spokesdweeb who was clearly listening to a different show to the one I tried. So what is this thing like then? You, me and R&B may be slightly more than a music stream, but it's considerably less than a podcast. It's one of those hour-long playlists of stuff the BBC started hawking shortly after the emergence of music streamers like Spotify and its bizarrely named curated collections like Exospheres, Hauntology, Dangerous Enema or Moogtube. And yes, I only made one of those up. But being the BBC, there has to be some fig leaf of public service to cover their competitive genitals. On this occasion, that appears to be getting the songs picked by Cheryl and recording the bare minimum of commentary and insight into those choices. Hi, it's Cheryl. I won't do the voice. Let's get started with Donald Jones. It's her first link. Bizarrely placed up to the vocal after a mainly empty intro and delivered with all the passion you might shout at a drive through microphone. It's not until after the next song from Alia that she returns, not referring back to either of the songs she just played. So I've had more than 20 years, not going to out myself on how many I have had, snarky giggle, to think about why this music's always felt so important to me. You can think of this series as my love letter to the greatest music genre there's ever been. So for the next 12 episodes, BBC Sounds has let me dig into my favourite tracks of the golden era of R&B, from number ones to hidden gems. Buckle up. Yep, Woodstock this ain't. If you weren't expecting groundbreaking insight, you won't be disappointed. I'm not saying that to add any understanding to the Mary Jane opus, for example, it has to come with wordy academics or train spotter details. But this is your kid sister writing in her diary age 12, counting the instruments and saying she'll love it forever. That's with the digit four and three V's. What was Mary Jane thinking when she sang it? How about a credit for the stylistics or the James Brown samples in it? It all ends predictably with a slow jam, 
Dipping into the steamy end of the R&B pool to find the sexiest anthems around, Usher on this occasion, there's nothing in the way of music quite like R&B to get you in the mood of love, of feeling good, of feeling sexy, so I'm going to dedicate this slow jam to all you R&B lovers out there, says Cheryl. It is slightly cloying. I worry about how many R&B lovers out there are going to reach for the minus 20 seconds button to hear her say, feeling sexy, over and over. Another observation is how obviously our host crosses from slightly awkward but at least authentic natural conversation into reading off the page of A4 complied script from the type of BBC producer who probably wears chinos and drives a golf. Into September and the Taskmaster podcast that begins as expected with the brilliant Alex Horn composed theme. Former contestant Ed Gamble introduces himself, seemingly off script, which now is both informal and a bit flabby. Before we hit the meat, there's a wordy plug for the new Taskmaster app. You get the feeling this is a bit of a franchise now, and the migration from Dave to Channel 4 has had the series grow up a bit. Ed's riffing still, and there are a few you knows that slip in as he ad libs. Also, weirdly, in this section, He's popping the mic a lot. If you're listening to Fred Schnurg in his bedroom recording his Game of Thrones podcast, the odd mic pop is forgivable, maybe. But this is Avalon, the Taskmaster producer. You'd think they'd have a sound personage handy to set Ed up properly. It gets better after another jingle cut from the show theme, which introduces the first Series 12 contestant interview, Desiree Birch. If I've said this once, I've said it about 39 times. If we got the time back we'd wasted, listening to the general welcome, thanks for having me on chat, out of every podcast we'd ever listened to, we'd probably be leading better and more fulfilled existences. Yes, this stuff's important to get up to speed, but it should be the first thing on the virtual cutting room floor when those virtual razor blades come out. Cut to the chase, time is money. Shave the surplus. The impact when you cut into a revelation, a funny or any audio in power is transformational. This podcast is one hour 12 in length. It could easily have become a tight 45 if the editor was awake. Any podcast with the episode title Narcissist, Taker or A-Hole earns a listen, especially when it starts with the swoosh, static and choral la that bans it as an HBO production. Succession is back and despite a below par episode one, series three reliably recovered with episode two before returning to genius levels. Is that genius replicated by its official podcast though? Hi everyone, begins host Cara Swisher, unpromisingly. One day a podcast will welcome me in the singular. There's a no-nonsense introduction before the first sign this is from the same stable as the TV show itself. We get a montage of dialogue from this week's episode set against its sublime Nicholas Brattel theme tune. Cara pops up with a couple of very scripted promo lines, dropping into that scene with the Roy siblings in Kendall's kid's bedroom, she says, feels like the kind of room that could use a psychologist, which is just as well as Adam Grant from the Work Life podcast is her guest. The a-hole line from the episode is his, and there's a clip of him saying it before the theme swells up and we make a start. It begins with a very built section called Power Rankings, looking at the cast character by character and discussing who's in the ascendancy or the opposite. It's illustrated with clips, it's over some classical filler tracks, so why doesn't it work? Well, there's a sweet spot between a well-written, well-read script and the usual podcast top-of-the-head shambles. This is almost too safe. Cara's reading everything. It doesn't help that she's very straight. There's not much passion or energy in her voice. I'm sure she is a Succession fan, but you wouldn't know it from her delivery. 
After an episode, I want to spend time with someone who loves it as much as I do, to share theories, the best bits, and have a bit of a Waystar Royco love-in. This delivery reminds me of my O-levels. Our final podcast review of the year, and something that sounds like an end-of-part-one break bumper from 70s ITV drama Crown Court sparks up, all doom-laden strings for five seconds. As a bad edit, I cut to a young bloke saying hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Thames Valley Court and Crime podcast. Edit. Another bloke with less background noise, who promises another jam-packed episode with court and crime news across Berkshire, Oxfordshire and Buckinghamshire. Edit. Yet another bloke. That's right. This week we'll be discussing a strange trial in Bucks involving a woman who accused two library workers of being lesbian lovers, a story about a sleepy knife man who missed his bus stop in Oxfordshire, and updates on three murder trials in Berkshire. Now, these guys all sound the same. Twenty-something, Southern, like they're reading. One of them is back to remind us that we can read more on all these stories in the slightly sad collection of newspapers that publish them. That's my description, not his. Guy Wan then says, Just a reminder of who we are, allow us to introduce ourselves once again. Boys, you've not told me yet, so it's not once again, and it's clearly not a reminder. The only way I can currently tell you apart is the proximity to your microphone. Two of you are way off, meaning there's distracting, hissy echo. Anyway, they're Tom from the Oxford Mail, Ollie from the Berkshire Titles, and George from the Bucks Free Press. There's another jingle, if you can call it that. This one sounds like something off a Pentangle album. Then we're into the stuff where they talk about the particular cases. So many times on Pod Roast, I listen to stuff that seems to say, it's a doddle, this podcasting lark. It's just some people talking about what they know about. Throw in some arbitrary theme music, script together some unnatural sounding ins and outs, stitch it together with below basic understanding of a recording and editing app, and throw it up onto the air. For hobbyists, all well and good. They'll learn. But NewsQuest is part of an international news supplier with over 120 local news brands and 39 digital users every month. If I wanted to branch out into a new medium, maybe make a newspaper about podcasting, I might ask someone who knows what they're doing about the style and format and technical requirements rather than just recreate my vague impressions of the last time I read one. So that's a year's worth of the under-edited and over-scripted of Zoomy Echo and Mike Pop. 48 editions of Pod Roast in 2021, and still no second episode from the ex-Royal Archwell Audio, dividing their paltry minutage so far by their eye-watering Spotify fee, the gruesome twosome earned £486,486.48.5 pence per minute of content. I don't think my Pod Roast contract takes me to such dizzy heights but I'll be back next week to begin a whole new year of Pod Roast Reviews on Podcast Radio. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.